how are you this morning? What did you carry in with you today? Are you feeling light? Is this a time of joy and things going easy? Or are you coming with some heavy burdens weighed down a bit by just the experiences and circumstances and things that happen in life? Trying to catch our breath, maybe. Sometimes we feel like we're walking through a thick fog that we drove through, at least some of us this morning. I don't know if it's lifted much yet or not, um, but we're trying to move and everything just feels heavy. Um, pushing or walking through swampy mud or molasses even. Have you ever experienced a time when things feel heavy? Walking like molasses, private. <laughs> uh, we can get weighed down when things start to feel heavy, layers of added responsibility. Maybe a time of uncertainty with decisions to make and not sure how to make them or where to begin. Uh, losses that weigh us down. Unexpected bills, repairs, job changes, things that bring financial challenges, health challenges, illnesses, injuries with accompanying impacts in our daily lives. Family challenges, even amid joys, attending to the needs of our children, our families, our parents, our whoever needs, our home. Um, sometimes those things can begin to feel heavy. Trying to meet someone's expectations or achieve that goal of our own, it just doesn't seem to be happening. Just simply too many things on that list of things that we know we're gonna get done today. As life begins to weigh us down, either sometimes through the things that we've chosen or things that have been unwillingly layered on us, be challenging. You know, we've spent some time talking about suffering, and I love the way uh, Eduardo had, had shared that, 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 that suffering tends to be a disconnect between our expectation that doesn't match our life circumstance. And Jesus is with us in suffering and pain and even just overload. We've spoken about that. So this, our gospel passage today is in Matthew 11. It's continuing. We've been walking through Matthew 10 uh, over the last couple weeks uh, along with our passages in Romans and uh, the lectionary skips over this first part so I want to just connect it in because it's important here so 11 begins with so Jesus has just sent his disciples out to go do all of the things that he has prepared them to do and then he goes on to continue um, continue preaching and teaching and healing in towns throughout the region and while he's doing that, he gets a message from the disciples of John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. And you spent some time in this passage, I think it was way back in Advent. Uh, it, but it was a time where John was feeling heavy, heavy. He was in prison. Uh, and he just, despite everything that he had seen and known about Jesus from the time before he was born, even he leaped uh, in his mother's womb when Mary walked in. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was experiencing these challenges and even in that moment question, are you the one who's coming yeah. or should we be looking for someone else? So it's in this context that we pick back up today. So he's been, he's been sharing about that. He responds to, to John, all the, things, all the things that are happening. And then he speaks to the people that he's teaching about, um, about John. So we pick up here. And um, I think what's important, the, the reason I wanted to connect that in is that even those closest to Jesus in those times, even 
uh, even those disciples. And he, he yeah. never promised as he sends his disciples out that things were going to be easy. Yeah. But life does get hard, um, as it did for John in that season. So life can be heavy. So what do we do with it? Well, let's pick it up. We're picking up actually in verse 16. So I'm going to read through the whole passage, and then we're going to go back and kind of dive into the different, uh, different areas. So, to what can I pair, compare this generation? It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends, we played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The son of man, Jesus, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. And then the lectionary skips over this next passage, so we'll do that to connect in with this prayer that mentioning Jesus does spend some time talking about judgment that will come to those who choose not to turn. So we pick up here at 25, and it says, At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever for revealing and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So Jesus is speaking with uh, with followers, with disciples, with uh, with Pharisees. So it's a, it's a mixed crowd of people um, talking about being bound by the heavy burden of yoke that they that he's referring to as with keeping the law, like the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, plus the hundreds of additional laws and restrictions and um, and rules that the leaders placed on them, oppressive demands, elevating themselves in pride and lording it over over them. So this is where in 16 he says, to what shall I liken? And this was a common way that rabbis of that day would teach the would 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 teach. They would they would use an example. So what can we compare this to? And that's what he's doing here. So in essence, uh, as he's going through this passage, he's saying, what will please you? What do you expect? So he compares to children who are playing, who are trying to invite their other friends in who used to play with them, but now are meeting them with cold indifference uh, and conceit. Uh, to what can I compare this generation? Um, and then he, he compares how people were or were not receiving John the Baptist or receiving Jesus. Um, and, um, oops, sorry. How, how, they, how they were or weren't receiving them. So they use, he uses the example of children trying to bring somebody in. What will please you? So I tried to do something fun and you didn't join. So I tried to do something sad and you didn't join. And so he says, look how you're receiving. Uh, John came. John was, John was a loner. He wasn't out with everybody else. He wasn't eating and drinking. He was you know, milk and honey and, <laughs> um, and buzz and, uh, and out in the wilderness. And then but here I come, and I'm hanging with people, and I'm socializing them, and I'm drinking wine, and I'm eating food, and then you say that I'm a drunkard. 
So he's like, what are you looking for? What do you expect? And he raises that question. Um, and then he goes on to say then, but wisdom is shown to be right by its results. First is the, the fruits, the miracles that he's doing reveal what is true. It was also his response to John's disciples when they came um, and asked them that question. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. What is the fruit that's being produced? He will show the truth. The question is, will they see? Will they hear? Will we? That many of them wouldn't believe. And then he prays. So he goes and he goes on, and he's going to reveal so much more. But I love the way he just stops in that moment and prays. And he does this for two reasons. One, he's connecting with the Father, but he's also doing it for their benefit and for ours. He says is that at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever. The, the leaders who thought they had it all figured out and knew what the Messiah was going to be like and that this couldn't possibly be him. Um, hiding it from them and for revealing it to those who are childlike, who come to him open and willing to receive and listen. And then he goes on to say, My father has trusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and listen to this, and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So watch what he does here, because he's going to connect this, but be careful not to read this from a place of our own brokenness or experiences and not being chosen for the team or picked for whatever, um, or, or from a place of rejection. Uh, to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then he turns and he says, come to me all, all. He doesn't, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. He doesn't say, come, and if I think you're worthy, I will give you rest. He says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So not those that think they're self-sufficient, but that are trying to, um, trying to bear the burdens of life on their own. And at this point in time, bear, um, bearing the burden of trying to keep the law that the leaders of the day are requiring of them, just this heavy burden that, he, that, that the church leaders are placing on them, using God's good word, his, his word, his law that are, that's intended to be, um, to be boundaries for our life, the roadmap for how to live, but they're placing, the leaders of the day are placing it on them in a way that weighs them down. So Paul gives us a perfect illustration in the passage that Lisa read for us, uh, where he says, I don't really, I don't understand myself, or I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And he goes on and on, and it's just that wrestling back and forth, where I want to do the right thing, and then I try and do it, but I don't. What I don't want to do is what I keep doing. He just goes back and forth, that wrestling that we can sometimes experience when we're trying to do things on our own. Can you relate? Oh yeah. I can. <laughs> I absolutely can. And whether we are believers or not, trying to follow God's law or just trying to do the things of life, sometimes we just don't do what we really, really want to do. Oh, I'm going to do this differently this time. Nope, I just did the same thing right over again, even though I promised I wasn't going to do it that way again. And it's important to look at this. So in, in some respects, Paul is talking about the heavy yoke or the heavy burden of Law, but if you back up a couple passages earlier, let me see, I think I have it here. Um, 
Did the law which is good still cause my death? He said, of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation. Mm -hmm. so, he goes, so he goes on to say um, that the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. So he's not saying that the law is bad, and Jesus says the same thing. Um, earlier this year when you spent some time in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he talks about, you know, I haven't come to abolish the law and the prophets, I come to fulfill it. So it's not that God's word and his commandments and the guidance that he gives us for right living are bad, it's how they were being used. And so I want to take a moment and speak, so whether someone is a believer or not, you're following Jesus closely, you're trying to follow him closely, you're still trying to figure out what that looks like or what you really believe, I think it's important to realize that life brings stuff that feels heavy. And if we, when we try and do it ourselves, it can be even harder and heavier. The one thing that Paul that Paul spoke about in that passage about um, about sin being it's not him who does it, it's the sin within him that's right. at war with his right. mind. You think about it, this was an example, one of the commentaries that resonated for me with my medical background. Hopefully it may resonate. We can get chicken pox as a kid, now there's a vaccine. Uh, but for people who have chicken pox, that vaccine lays dormant in the, um, like in the spinal column, like mm -hmm. in the nervous system. It can come out again later yes, as shingles. So, so I look... They, they, sorry. <laughs> There's a vaccine for that too. <laughs> um, but, but no. But I think I think that's a good. I think that helps to helps to bring to light a little bit just the whole concept of you know that just our human condition, our human nature is we're programmed to do things that bring us pleasure or that give us comfort or relief or whatever those things are, regardless of we might consider them to be good things or bad things or maybe not quite so bad, like find, finding those barriers, those things in between. So whether we're dealing with, um, with questions of right and wrong, choosing, or sometimes we're choosing between really good options, whether we're believers or not, so it's how we manage the burdens in our lives that can be really challenging. You know, what does the world tell us or what, what do we believe about God in the middle of it? Do I feel like it's all up to me? I've got to figure it out and get it right and then come back to God and say, okay, I'm a little bit better now. Can we, can we reconnect? It's not what he's saying. Um, so what does life say? What do coworkers say? How do we bear those loads that are so heavy and keep moving forward? Do we go, go, go without rest? Do we stay up at night just ruminating the things, not able to sleep because we're just trying to come through with the solutions in our minds? Do we run ourselves into the ground trying to do it? Have you ever burned up a car motor without oil? <laughs> I, I had the not so great pleasure of doing that when I was in my 20s. Um, I didn't realize that you can't, when the oil light comes on, you can stop your car. So I was driving on the interstate on my way home and I was pretty close to an exit, my oil light came on, and I started to hear this tick, tick, tick sound. And I'm like, oh, I can get off here, there's a gas station over there, I'll just drive to there. So I drive to the exit, and as I'm going down the exit ramp, I'm putting my foot on the gas pedal, pushing on it, and my car is going slower and slower, and this tick, 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 and then there's just like this smoke, the engine burnt together without oil, 
the heat is too much and it stops. And we can sometimes do that to ourselves. We're like, gotta keep going, go, go, go. We'll figure it out. And I've done that before. There was a time in life that life got really hard. And I was going and going and going and burning out myself and everybody else who was close to me uh, in the process. So that's not, that's not what his word says. So what does Jesus say? He says, Give it to him. Yeah, he does. He says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. Give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Now, I've said this word 20 times. I wasn't going to say it till now. But what is a yoke? Like, I remember when I first read this passage, I had, I pull out my, well, Google now. But when I was a kid, I would pull out my dictionary. Um, but it's like, what is a yoke? So a yoke is a farming tool. So probably a lot of you already know what that is or have been in this passage before where it's this heavy wooden um, bar of sorts that connects two animals, oftentimes oxen, and that will, they use it to pull something heavy behind, so maybe a plow or something like that. And they'll oftentimes put an experienced ox with one who is not, so they can learn from the other and, uh, and get through. But that's what, that's what a yoke is. And so the point that Paul is making, the point that Jesus is making is what the leaders of the day and what we sometimes even still can do as Christians as we try and, and put what's right on other people mm. is we can take God's good and holy law that he intends for our good living and turn it into a tool of oppression. Yep. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. And that's what Jesus is saying, take off that burdensome, burdensome yoke that you're living under, whether it's your own yoke of trying to do it myself, I'm self-sufficient, I'll figure this out, I know what to do, I'm, you know, we'll figure it out. Or the, the heavy, oppressive yoke um, that the church leaders of the day were putting on, he said, put on his yoke. So slip up into his, hand those burdens to him, and use within his yoke, walk with him, side by side. Like, it's every step, like close enough that you can practically breathe together. Like that's a good place to be. And we can take those very heavy burdens and lift them onto him. Wow. So going back to this passage, he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Come in my yoke. I'll show you what to do, how to do. Um, and then he goes on to say, because I'm humble and gentle at heart. There's some versions that say he's gentle and lowly in heart. And it's just humble, humble to the to the absolute bottom. Lowly means like the lowest in society. Like you've heard lowly servant, like Jesus came as a servant. This is the one place in the Gospels, the one place in Scripture where Jesus describes his heart. So this is in his own words. And he said, of all the things that we know about, his character, um, power, um, justice, all of the other things that he brings. He speaks about his compassion and his humility and his love. He's like, bring those burdens to me. Be gentle. I will take these with you. We'll walk this together. But it is the one place at the core, and it's not just his heart, like heart here, like mm -hmm. that heart, yeah, like that. Um, but it's like it's the it's his inner being. It's the core. It's it's who he is. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, all things we do flow from the heart. It's from 
everything that Jesus is and does, even his, even justice and judgment, come from a place of humility and love. What he wants is for us to come to him. Uh, in Psalm 145 today, we, um, we read about the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. So it's, he's speaking, Jesus in this passage is speaking to his heart. And it doesn't mean that he's not all of those other things. But if there's one, this is this one place where he decides that he wants to share with us who he is and how we can approach him and, under, and know how he'll receive us. Because sometimes we have a different picture of Jesus or of God than he really is. We see him, we hear about God's wrath. We hear about uh, judgment that's coming, things that bring fear in us. And we may have life experiences where we had very um, demanding parents or judge, there was a lot of judgment or um, punitive actions and things like that. And so we can sometimes attribute those things. And it doesn't mean that, that, that some, of those, um, some of those aspects, justice, and, justice is important to God. Um, he will make all things right. Jesus will come back and he will judge. But the place that he is saying is come to me. Just come and then there's a promise. Uh, and the promise is what? And you will find rest for your souls. Anyone who comes to him seeking him, he will give rest. Amen. He approaches us with compassion, with mercy. He moves toward us, not away from us. He's not looking at us like, oh, here you are again, you did it again. <laughs> I knew it. No, it's, it's like we can sometimes think that that's what's, what he's thinking, and it's not. It's this compassionate, one of the, there's this wonderful book called um, uh, Gentle and Lowly. It is uh, written by Dean Ortland. It is on the heart of Christ for uh, sinners and sufferers. It's a beautiful, beautiful book all on Jesus' heart. And he uses the example of, uh, of a physician on mission. So a physician who decides that he wants to go do a medical mission in an underserved area that doesn't have health care. And so they... They pack everything, they go, they get everything set up, they've got the medications, they've got all the equipment that they need, and when they get to the village, the people are afraid because they're different. And so they may be sick, have all of these needs, but they're afraid to come or they're afraid to bring their children, and the physician is just waiting for someone to come, and then someone comes, and just the joy of being able to deliver that care, to give what he knows that they need, and that it's that place where Jesus is when we come. Not the, really, it's the, it's the come. Come, and he receives us. So there's so much in this passage. So we talk about, um, we talk about the heavy burden. We talk about removing that heavy yoke and replacing it with Jesus' yoke. And then what does he say and what does he do? So this whole passage, what Jesus says, he says, come. Let me teach you. I am humble. I am gentle. I am lowly in heart. And then what does he do? He moves toward us. Harassed. And he sees us as harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, that physician on mission. Like he just, he wants us, wants us to come to him. He teaches us. He shows us. He draws us in. And what he really wants is to lighten the load that we're carrying. 
because the burdens of this life and our world come. Uh, we're not meant to walk them alone. We're not meant to carry them all on our own. He wants to walk with us. He wants to teach us. He's not going to force us into his yoke. But as he tells us, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. But his yoke is more like a buoy that helps to lift the weight. And he carries that weight with us. We no longer carry it alone it ourselves. Amen. And the yoke isn't constricting, forcing us one way or another. It is an easy, uh, easy yoke. So what do we know? We know that Jesus' heart toward all of us who come to him is one of compassion and mercy. That what he wants more than anything is to teach us. And that he wants to give us rest. So we think about rest and this wasn't part of the message, but this has been really on my heart this morning as we think about um, as we think about rest and what that means for Jesus to give us rest and to rest in him. If we look in Genesis, when God was walking through creation and on day six he created um, he created humans and all of the other, all of those other pieces came together and he commissioned us to have dominion, to go, to rule. And then what did he do on day, what happened on day seven? He rested, and who else rested? Adam and Eve rested. All of creation rested. And then we went to work. We are created to work from a place of rest. A yoke is a tool of work. It's not to make life easy, but it's something that, that we work with. But what his model is for us is that we do our work from a place of rest. That's where he pours us in. We can look at Jesus, a number of other places in the Bible, many places in the Bible, where Jesus is in the middle of his ministry and he goes away and prays to the Father um, by himself. He has that time alone with God. So when Adam and Eve rested, they rested with God. And that's the, that's the purpose and the point. He gives us rest, not only physical rest for our bodies, but rest for our souls. He refreshes us. He renews our relationship with him. We have freedom in that. We have freedom from the guilt of our sin and the shame that we carry with us. He delivers us from fear and despair um, with the promise of continued help and guidance as we go. So today's passage is very personal to me. Um, this is the one where Jesus really revealed his presence to me 10 years ago. And I marvel at his goodness. He would connect a deep longing was I realized that I and my family were just carrying a huge burden and it was heavy and it was was weighing on us and he would take he would connect that longing um, what our current conditions were um, and then his word shared through another person uh, actually through social media <laughs> of all places but it came from a human connection uh, at a community group and the longing to bring together um, that longing that was brought to light from a fortune cookie, of all things. And it's not <laughs> the fact that a fortune came to light I, I saw in here. This cookie that happened a week prior to this, one of our many carry-out meals of that season of our lives, it says, you will be free of the heavy burdens you have been carrying. And I'm like, wow. wow. But I couldn't picture even what that would look like, and I thought it was impossible. Like, but I knew, like, I just... I wanted that for myself. I wanted it for our family. 
um, but I really felt like it was impossible. Mm -hmm. And then I went to life group and um, shared with some of you that um, that this person I met as we're opening the word together, not in this passage, a different passage. She's like, oh, check out our Facebook page for this ministry. And so I checked out Facebook page for that ministry, and the post on that day was this one, and it was this version, because not all the versions say Jesus, but it says, and Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And I was like, he's been there all along, and he Amen. is with you. Amen. He's always there. He's just waiting, yeah. waiting. He doesn't, like, he's not far off waiting for us to take the long trek to him. He's right here. He's just waiting yeah. for us to turn to him and then let him take our yoke off of us, hand those burdens to him. They don't go away. All of all the, the situation remained the same, but we were able to walk it in a different way without trying to figure out life on our own and realize that peace and joy come not in our circumstances. Sometimes we can find them in our circumstances, but they come from him. Amen. And he can show us a way to live and that he can bring peace to places of unpeace, and he wants to do that for you. He wants to do it for all of us. He's so personal, and so, like, and he'll do it in individual ways for each of us, knowing what that longing is, what that hurt is, what whatever that heavy thing is, wants to find that way to help lift and walk with you. So I ask, do you know his heart? Do you know his heart for you? What are you longing for? Who knows? Are you done trying to manage yourself? Yeah. Will you come to him? <clears throat> it's like that doctor just waiting to bring the pain, the suffering. The what's hard, it's not always painful. Sometimes it's just hard. Yeah. It's just hard, but he's waiting. He's with you, he sees you, and he loves you. Let's pray. Amen. Wow, God, you are amazing. <laughs> you are holy. You are good. Your word is good. Uh, Lord, help us to draw near to you. Thank you that you want us to know beyond anything else that you are humble and you are gentle and you are merciful and you are lowly in your heart. And what you want is for each one of us to walk individually with you. So whether we're choosing between good things, choosing between hard things, Choosing to take the next step, Lord, help us um, to remember that we can do that with you. Lord, thank you for your word that shines a light on the things that we that we need. Maybe that help reveal our longings, or maybe you're stirring something that we're ignoring that we're actually doing or not doing uh, that's causing more pain for ourselves or for other people around us. Lord, would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to bring those burdens to you? Would you let us um, slip off those heavy yokes of self-sufficiency or the law, whatever those things are that are weighing us down, Lord, and to trust you with them, that you will walk, that you are patient, that you are kind, you are merciful, you are loving, you are good, and you love us, each one of us, more than we can think or imagine. For God, we praise you. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.